and Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 53. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey! And for those listening, right as we post this episode, happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day, Boo Things! Yes. So, Lily, what did you do for Mother's Day? So, we got my mom a bunch of, like, cheesy tabloid magazines and a gift card to the Garden Center, her favorite place. Awesome. Um, And we just hung out at home. We had a barbecue for lunch, I mean for lunch, for dinner, and uh, just watched TV. It was was a nice, chill day. What about you? Nice. Yeah, it was nice. I feel like we always talk about the weather as if we're a fucking weather station. Um, (laughs) Sponsor us, Weather Channel. Um, But, yeah, no, it was good. Um... Mike went to his mom and built, like, a fire pit for their backyard, which was pretty nice. And mm-hmm. then uh, he took Loki because they have dogs. And I'm like, you know what? Let Loki just, like, get knocked out over there and, like, just let him yeah. tire himself out. I went up to my parents, and we had Chinese food, which was so good. Loved that. So, like, we did, like, a whole buffet style. Actually, I feel like what I What did you get? Um, so we did, like, I love crab rangoon, so I got crab rangoon. Mm-hmm. Um uh, chicken, broccoli, um, popcorn, sh- uh, not popcorn shrimp, um, coconut shrimp, um, the spare ribs. Um, I mean, we like went all oh, out. That sounds heavenly. It was so good. So good that by like two, I think we ate around one thirty. by like two mm-hmm. thirty, I passed out on the couch for like a solid 45 minutes. I was in a <laughs> Chinese food coma and it was so worth it. Um, and yeah, just spend time with my mom. I made her like a little, um, shadow. Uh, I told you I was making like a shadow box and like, it's yeah, like a picture yeah, yeah, of yeah. her and Pepper and like her five other cats and then like mm-hmm. a little like poem about being a cat mom. So of course she cried, you know, cause like my mom. Um, and so yeah, but she was like, oh, this is like the best mother's day ever. Like, I just love that we're all together. So as long as she was happy, this was her day. So I was happy. But I ended up, I ended up getting my first Mother's Day card for being a dog mom, and I got Loki's little paw print. The cutest ever! I saw that. It's such a mess, and Lily knows the story behind the whole paw print situation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks like it came out of a murder scene. And if you guys saw what my kitchen looked like, you would understand. It looked exactly like a murder scene in the kitchen too, attempting to uh, make this Mother's Day card, but. I'm happy that he was able to actually get it done. So, yeah, kudos to you. And then today, so my grandma always had this really dope sweatshirt, and it was uh, um, a donut a day, I think it said. And I just, oh, it was another day, another donut. And I always loved this sweater. She always wore it. And mm-hmm. is actually a sweater that she wore when she went to see me in the hospital. And it's just such an iconic sweater to me. And then I realized she got it because for a while she was to work at Dunkin' Donuts. And that was, I guess, like a sweater that they used to sell. So I asked my mom, I was like, do you still have that sweatshirt of grandma's? And she's like, yeah, like, that's like one of her iconic sweatshirts. So I like, I always kept it. And I was like, can I have it? And she's like, of course. I have like a bunch of vintage sweatshirts. So like, let's go in the basement and let's see if we can find some. So I found so many cute sweatshirts and t-shirts that like, I'm just going to like rock out and like make my own. I'm like not going to like really do anything because I Mm -hmm. obviously want to keep the integrity of them. But like, I just like kept them because they were just in a box in my parents' basement. So I was like, you know what? I'm definitely going to wear them. Like vintage is in, you know? So I got, this is the one. And it says another day, another donut. I love that. And if you you know, I'm obsessed with donuts, so that was perfect, especially has the chocolate frosted here. It's my favorite. <laughs> and um, it's, like, a little, like, worn on the ends here, but I love that because it's just, like, it just reminds me of my grandma, you know, like, how much she wore yeah. that sweatshirt. And then I and then I took this uh, shirt from Venice, this T-shirt that my mom got from Venice when we went there. Ooh. Um, just, it's just, like, so cool looking, like, the gold and the maroon. That's awesome. I feel like I'm doing a YouTube haul. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to my channel. (laughs) And then, but it's just for Lily. And then I got this (laughs) World Series 1998 Yankees sweatshirt. Oh, you're going to rock that. Right? It's such a New Jersey, New York fucking sweatshirt. Um, Oh, oh, wait. I'll do, okay, wait. The next one is from San Diego. It's a long sleeve. I'm a long sleeve girl. 
and it's mm-hmm. Reserve Marine Life Project Need San Diego with dolphins. So you know, fuck I you, Sea World. Um, <laughs> and then this, I'm just literally wearing this to bed, but I just thought it was funny. I guess I got my grandpa this shirt, and it says "Best Grandpa Hands Down" from 2000. Oh. But I don't get why I literally put it on the tits. I put my handprints where his boobs would be. Right on the boobs. So I'm going to rock it now. And then last but not least, um, I used to have this matching sweater with my mom, but obviously I grew out of it because I was like nine when I bought it. Mm-hmm. But it's a black cat with Salem, Massachusetts on it. <gasps> Perfect. And I literally, when I saw this in the box, I was like, I have to wear this in honor of just ghouly things. I think our boo things will love seeing me rock the sweater one day. So she's like, take it. Absolutely. So I see it. I'm always that. thinking of you guys. Even when we I'm in my mom's basement. Of things. Always thinking of you guys. Always. And speaking of sweatshirts and stuff, um, obviously Lily and I are just like in the starting talking about it, but you guys have been mm-hmm. requesting merch lately. So, um, stay tuned if for that. If that's something you're into, email us at justgoodythingspodcast@gmail.com. Yeah, like, let us know what you DMs. want. Like, if it's t-shirts, like, sweatshirts, thongs, Ass. I don't, yeah, whatever thongs, you want. <laughs> whatever you want. Pasties, you could just get our stickers. <laughs> um, Lily was going to wear them to Camp Bisco, you know, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, seriously, if you guys are interested in buying, like, just Ghoulie Things merch, like, let us know, because, like, it'd be really embarrassing if we, like, bought stuff, and then, like, just our parents no bought, bought it. it. <laughs> <laughs> our parents give us a donation here. I feel bad for you, honey. <laughs> you poor soul. So, um, yeah, welcome to Just Ghoulie Things. For those that, if this is your first episode, hi. Um, Welcome. This We're is Lily us. And Rebecca. We're pretty great. <laughs> We're from New Jersey, and we like talking about ghost stories. So that is what the quarantine spooky story special is. Lily's gonna read five stories. I'm gonna read five stories, and that's pretty much it. And then you know we just talk because you guys are our friends, and we like to talk like this. And yeah, <laughs> and we like to talk to the ghost around us. So absolutely. All right. The ghost of Rebecca's haunted microphone that I thought was moving. <laughs> That literally almost made me shit my pants live on just ghouly things. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, okay. So wait, one last thing before we get into stories. So my dad mm-hmm. was telling me, so he was thinking about our boo things today. And he said that mm-hmm. he thought that I should suggest the show that's on HBO if you have it. And it's called The Outsider. And mm-hmm. it was released this year. And it's a horror show. And it's based on Stephen King's best-selling novel of the same name, The Outsider. And it begins by following an investigation, which at first seems like it will be a simple and straightforward thing. But things change as it leads to a gruesome murder of a young boy by a seasoned cop. And when an insidious supernatural force edges its way into the case, it leads the investigators to question everything they believe in. I heard about this. And so that, like, supernatural force from what my dad was telling me, is a doppelganger and if you know our quarantine spooky story specials doppelgangers are like one of our favorite topics that lily and i talk about doppelganger so i as soon as he said doppelganger i'm like i need to watch this now so i just got hbo and if you guys have hbo check it out let us know what you think because my dad's a really really harsh critic for things when he like has no idea about cinematic facts or history but yeah he Mm -hmm. like is so critical about movies and shows so if he likes this then it must be pretty good so just saying just saying (laughs) all right sorry do you have anything to add before we start lily um i have some pretty good stories today (gasps) okay let's hear him let's hear him i'm excited i think i have some decent ones i think okay this one is called The Red Crock-Pot. Ooh, so, okay. <laughs> so I have recently moved in with my boyfriend. Normally, I am a van-life dweller. Uh, since I can't bring everything with me, I have a storage unit to contain all my stuff that wouldn't be suitable for living in the van. I moved some of my knickknacks into my boyfriend's apartment and some kitchen items. With the two of us, we moved all the items, minus this red cross crock minus this red crock pot that I had purchased at a thrift shop. We left the crock pot in his vehicle and were going to retrieve it the next day. Things started to be strange after that. The next day, my boyfriend was driving and his tire blew out. It was taken care of within a few hours and he returned home and brought up the crock pot. That night, I had the strongest feeling in my gut as I was asleep and I had a weird dream. 
In the dream, I walked around our apartment and started opening doors and holding items in my hand. The one big red crock pot and I had a voice saying, the one being the, what? Oh, okay. One being, there's a typo here. One being the red crock pot and I had a voice in my head saying to remove it. I thought nothing of it, but maybe a vivid, but maybe vivid imagination, but the weird sensation of someone always being around never left. The next night, as we laid in bed, there was knocking from the bedroom closet. Since we live in an apartment, again, I thought nothing of it. I started to fall asleep, but then immediately my boyfriend jumped out of bed, screaming in terror. He claimed this girl was standing at the edge of the bed. The next night, as we again were falling asleep, we strongly felt something in the room and this whoosh, as if something ran at, ran at us and then nothing. There, my boyfriend and I started talking um about everything we felt and experienced i decided my dream was an interpretation of something spiritual and we both took the red crock pot and threw it into the alleyway bin since then nothing has occurred in the apartment to either one of us it was the time that they really proved it was the time that they really proved spirits can attach to objects the end this would have been a perfect story to talk about on that one episode we did about haunted objects Mm -hmm. because we talked about random ass objects with very dark spirits attached to them and i just feel like this would have been the perfect story to have in that one uh so if you had listened to that one jazzed it up a little bit check it out yeah but like why a red crock pot and i don't think crock pots are that old right they're not that old but i you know one of the comments was you know maybe that's why it was at the thrift shop maybe it started causing you know trouble and they were like well fuck this it'll be someone else's problem and they just gave it away to the thrift shop Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, I'm modern ghosts, I guess, have to attach to modern objects, so. True. Like, I mean, but you've uh, never heard of a haunted VR. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? I think, I think we posted a meme a while back, but there was a meme, and it's like, when we're all ghosts, we're going to be, uh, like, our generation's ghosts are going to be, like, whispering, like, it's Britney, bitch. And, like, yes. just, <laughs> just random shit. Compared to the, we're gonna be stunting on these 1700s ghosts. Let's be honest. No pantaloons for us, bitch. (laughs) Pantaloons is such a funny word. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, what do you have? Let's see. One, two, three, four, or five, Lily. You tell me. One. Ooh, starting with one. Okay. I saw some, this is such a fucked up title. I saw something escape out of my bathroom window. This happened about 10 years when I was in middle school. I was living in my mom's apartment at the time. I was getting ready for school and had my dad's dog with me. The only other person in the apartment at the time was my grandmother. Her bedroom was upstairs and my bedroom was downstairs. I was, as I was, I was, I was, as I was getting ready in my bedroom, I noticed my dog staring intently at the hallway. I touched her to get her attention, but she wouldn't budge and kept focus on the hallway. I don't remember her growling or barking. I brushed it off and continued getting ready in the bathroom down the hall. I heard the toilet handle jiggle, thought it was weird, but just ignored it. Then as I'm applying makeup using the mirror, I notice the bathroom door behind me swings slowly open a little. Mm. I thought my dog walked in and pushed it. I looked down and saw she she wasn't there with me. I'm creeped out, but tried to be logical about it. I'm back in my bedroom when I hear my grandma come down the stairs in the living room. I know her routine. Walls are thin. Stairs creak loud. She goes into the kitchen to clean ditches and make breakfast. I start to relax, but think about how no one else was downstairs when my dog kept staring at the hallway. I leave with my dog to go to my dad's apartment, which is located behind my mom's place. He lives upstairs and has a clear view of the patio and my bathroom window. I make toast and sit in my dad's patio and happen to look at my bathroom window when I saw this thick white mist escape through my bathroom window to outside. I didn't spread out. I, it didn't spread out evenly as it left, but rather shot straight up and vanished. It couldn't have been my grandma taking a shower because she doesn't use that bathroom, so it wasn't steam. It's something that I still think about to this day and wonder if something was actually there. Wow. Interesting that it's white smoke and not black smoke. Right? So I'm, I'm assuming it's not that malicious of a spirit. I, I assume that's like a good omen, perhaps? Yeah. But I found it interesting. I don't really know how fog works because, like, if logically speaking, if, say, people think this may be fog, I don't think fog goes, like, shoots up. In like a fast yeah, it does. Movement. It doesn't move so swiftly. It kind of consumes. Yeah, does that make sense? yeah. Or like it like goes down, like spreads. Like I don't know. I just don't. 
I don't like that. I just don't think it would be fog or any sort of um, precipitation. So yeah, definitely spooky, kooky, ooky. So spooky, kooky, ooky. <laughs> All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right, this next story is pretty long, and the t- even the title is long. Are you ready for the title? Let's hear it. I saw a post where someone asked about strange experiences, and I made a huge comment with three of mine. It has been ignored. Normally, I don't care, but I wanted to post it here because I worked hard on it. Everything happened word for word. That's just the title. Holy shit. So here we go. Let me crack my back real quick. Let me, let me strap in real quick. <laughs> All right, Lily, I'm ready for liftoff. <laughs> Okay. My biological mother always told me stories of my great-grandmother's house when she was a kid. Late, some lady in a white robe was walking around, when she, and when she looked at her, she'd only see a vacuum covered in a white sheet. I never believed her uh, and even made fun of the lady in white stereotype. Hey, this person gets it! <laughs> when I moved to her home country, I met my great-grandmother before she passed away. And I saw that the top five floors were closed off. It was like a very small apartment building that was used as a school where she was the principal, basically. It had five or six floors, approximately. All of my all of my cousins had heard the same story growing up because of my great-grandmother's eight children. They all lived in this house during the early years of the family. Latinos, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the two most... Macho cousins and I went upstairs on a bed. We had an uncle who told us and uh, who told us the uncensored story. The lady in white was a teacher who had hung herself outside of the window from the fourth floor. She was sort of like a hall monitor, I guess, and so she walked the halls very much. Of course, us having big balls at thirteen, we didn't <laughs> believe shit, so we went up. All I know is that a door slammed, I presume because of wind, opened, and right there was a broken window with a rope hanging. There is no electricity up there. There hasn't been for years. I was freaked out at the fact that the rope story was true. All I know is that my cousin screamed like a bitch and ran downstairs. <laughs> the fucker left me there, so I took no chances and ran behind him. That's it. I have two more stories that are more interesting if you guys want to read. I went to military school at 15. I had the bad luck that... The original school campus was under construction, so my junior year was at a military base. Because of this, us peros were, quote, that's in quotes, um, were under risk of being cornered by the foot soldiers that were very brutal when they wanted to be. No killing, but harsh beatings. Every weekend, we had a movie theater night. I remember we were watching Mission Impossible Ghost, Ghost Protocol. I never was a fan, so I asked to go to the bathroom and escaped for a while. I went over and found some monitors, seniors who were our superiors. We were their responsibility in almost everything. They were smoking some cigarettes. I had that. I had the advantage of having moved from the U.S., so I had been held back a year in my first year in Peru. Because of this, I was the same age as most of the seniors. They treated me more as an equal, but some guys were bigger, so fuck them. <laughs> One of the big guys found me there and cornered me with his friends. He told me that the bathroom was closed, but I could go in if I wanted to. What this meant was that there was no water. As if there is no water, foot and, sorry, and if there is no water, foot soldiers just go in and take shits on top of other shits. Ew. (laughs) What the fuck? There get to be big towers of shits. It was disgusting. So I said I'd wait. Why would you need to include that? <laughs> I feel like that totally is not relevant to the story. I hope not. <laughs> um, the senior dude didn't like my response, so he started pushing me into the bathroom where the senior who did treat me well uh, because he took care of my section defended me. He said, take this one instead. Paro, take this Paro instead. Paro means dog. It's what they called us juniors. So they forced the kid to go inside. They locked him inside and told him to go take a piss or he couldn't come out. Oh, my God. I could tell he was scared shitless, so I stood there and talked the kid through it. You know, just go, dude. They'll leave you alone. So he goes in, and I asked a monitor if the kid could turn on the light. Uh, you You do anything without permission, even laugh, and it's time for a globo, which is a punch in the inflated teeth. Uh, hurts like fuck. Better safe than sorry. 
<laughs> he says that there is no light, but out of nowhere, a bright light flashes. FYI, inside the school, no phones are allowed. They get confiscated and never given back. Oh, God. Uh, the kid started screaming and pleading to be let out. He was screaming so loud that the monitors let him out just to get him to shut up and avoid uh, and avoid some technico coming to coming by to snag to snag us for smoking. Everyone asked him what he saw, but the kid never said. He got over it, but if you ever asked him about it, he'd just shut up. Last story, I actually saw I. And I leave for la and I'm leaving for last. Sorry, this is written really oddly. And I'm leaving for last because it's the first time that I saw something with my own eyes. Same setting. Me and a few other cadets uh, get into a huge five versus five brawl. The superiors didn't like this. They want us to be brotherly, but in a place filled with men just wanting to go home, fuck, smoke, do whatever, they were all on edge. Because of the fight, the entire school got a plantain. A plantain is basically when you are placed outside in the attention pose, arms to the side, straight back, chin up to the sky, can't let your head droop or it's push-ups for hours or even worse. Because nobody was a snitch and, and whoever snitched was soaked at, uh, was soaked at night. Yes. Like the fat guy in full metal jacket. Every night that went by without someone telling the truth was another night of plantain. Everyone was exhausted some learned to sleep while standing and not move. Those lucky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking tired to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. So the captain cut me a deal. He was basically a supervisor for my year, the juniors, but his rank was captain. He said that if I don't bitch, I can get the guys who were, who were weeding the football field. Uh, I can, what? He said that if I, oh, I can go join the guys who were weeding the football field. Got it. Apparently, the military base had rented the old abandoned football field uh, to some kids who were going to practice for their school Olympics. As punishment, half of the year had to go to, oh, half of the year, like half of the grade. Got it. Okay, so this person is European, and it's really throwing me off in the way they're writing. <laughs> As punishment, half of the grade had to go weed the premise and give the janitors of, of the base the night off. So I was sent with them. This is where shit went down. I'm walking with about 10 others who wanted to stay awake by working. My monitor was also over there with the weeders, so it was much better for me. And we relieved 10 poor kids who couldn't take it anymore. Some stupid idiots started talking about gnome sightings and finding holes. Gnomes are a, com are a common myth here in Peru. Oh, okay, they're from Peru, not Europe. My bad. Uh, yeah. Another group was in the bathroom cleaning everything up. Picking up broken mirror pieces and whatnot. They were talking. Is Peru in Europe? Peru, Peru is, is in South, South America. America. <laughs> Peru is in South America, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just funny. <laughs> I was just making sure. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Okay, picking up broken mirror pieces and whatnot. I'm usually really good with geography. But I thought history nice, and like geography was like your favorite topic in high school. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lily. I'm not judging. I'm not. I promise. I no, still love you're you. fine. It's funny. Um, picking up broken mirror pieces and whatnot. Uh, they were talking about some lady who killed herself in there, and apparently you could see her in the mirror. This was a joke, and we were just trying to scare the most pussy kid out of us all. While we were cleaning, I went to the bathroom group. Uh, it took us an hour or so. We left the bathroom and walked towards the patio when a monitor said, Hey, cadet, don't go over there. I respond, Why not, monitor? Mo why not, monitor? The way we speak to our superiors uh, is weird. Because some crazy shit goes on over there. I, of course, argue, but in truth, I just wanted to take a piss, and pissing in the bathroom was not an option because we were all planning to shut the door on the next sorry son of a bitch who went in there. <laughs> I snuck off when he wasn't watching. I went over to some bushes on the other side of the patio. Nobody could see me because there was only one light. I started going when I looked behind me. I see one guy standing there with his rifle. I fucking jumped because I was not expecting him. 
He seemed to be looking right through me. Of course, I knew all about the stories of the kids from my year getting the shit beaten out of them by the foot soldiers, so I was scared shitless. I hid in the bush, regretting ever coming out here. I waited a sol—I wait a solid ten—I wait a solid ten minutes, and the guy just wouldn't move. I was thinking of going Far Cry Three on him and throw and throwing a rock or something, but the light turned off before I could decide. It was just a second, maybe even less, but I swear on my own life that the guy was gone. I ran the fuck out as fast as I could back to my section. I made it there fucking panting, and the monitor saw me and said, Globo, Paro. I, have, I, I had no choice, took the punch. He then asked me why the fuck I went there when he told me not to. I explained to him what had happened, and he tells me that that's part of the... that, And he tells me that that part of the patio is a graveyard. And I blurt out, who the fuck puts a football field next to a graveyard? <laughs> I later find out that it wasn't exactly a graveyard, but it was a small chapel. There is this sort of... Uh, there's this sort of war against drugs in the Amazon jungle part of Peru. Sometimes people get sent there. A group of soldiers was sent. As it turns out, it was Captain Section when he was younger and only a foot soldier. He was one of the five that came back safe. The other seven were sent back in bags. One of the foot soldiers of that time was the best friend of one of the guys who got killed. He stood vigilant the night they were brought back. He had volunteered, and he shot himself in the face with his rifle right under the light. Those are my three most freakiest experiences, and I don't think I have more, or at least not that I remember. I hope someone enjoyed them. Hmm. So, so just so just to recap really quick, um, there was the rope that they found hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, that's the fucked up, super fucked up one. Yeah, they found the rope hanging from the ceiling. And felt something watching them. And then there was the time that the mysterious light lit up. And then there was the ghost soldier that he saw underneath the light. Probably the ghost of the man who shot himself right there. Yeah. It just seems like, especially in that type of environment where it's so high intensity and frustrating. And I can only imagine what type of energy is left behind. Especially for those that are training there. And maybe, you know, they go off and they fight. Or, you know, they're doing something in regards to their job and they never come back to their homes. And maybe this is something that they see as a home, um, their last place of rest or something like that. So Mm -hmm. um, I could definitely imagine there being paranormal activity in that property. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see. All right. What's your next story? Mm, Let's see. Which one I'm going to do? Okay. We will do this one. Every dream I had about the world came true. Super short, but creepy. I had always had dreams of weird things and I've seen them happen. Heard of this a lot, never paid attention to it. So last year around March, I had a dream that we would see a worldwide recession that multiple governments would fall. Didn't know how or why, they just did in my dream. Then COVID hit. I don't know if it's important, but I became heavily ill to where I was hospitalized for severe bronchitis in November 2019, and it's crippling the economy. In January, I had a totally different dream. Obviously, it's not 100% accurate, but I had a dream that Kim Jong-un would need emergency heart surgery, and I saw the faces of the people involved. It was a scary, intensifying feeling that I couldn't distinguish from reality. I was silent when COVID came out, but now that Kim Jong-un had his heart surgery, I don't know what's going on. My dreams are getting scarier, and they're starting to come true. Please help. So then someone commented, hey, same thing happens to me. Or I'll think about something or someone, and then later something bad happens. Like, I met... I, ha- I dreamt of my friend in a car wreck and could see her in a black car. I told her about my dream months later, and she told me that happened to her and that she has a black car. Also, one day I couldn't stop thinking about Avicii's music and listening to his music. Then the next day he died. Now, I can't stop ha- having dreams about the coastlines flooding because of the icebergs melting and just having some 
crazy ass dreams. I keep dreaming about some people dying. For example, I dreamt last week that Betty White died. For Christ's sake, Betty White better not die. But I'm also having crazy dreams about various people dying from COVID-19. So it might just be my anxiety. But I recommend writing these things now in a blog or a dream journal with a date so you don't forget. Then if anything happens, you can go back and show people that you dreamt about it before it actually happened. So that's good advice. Just, you know, keep a dream journal. I used to keep a dream journal when I used to have super fucked up dreams. And I used to try to, like, kind of be my own therapist and, like, psychologist about it. Like, why I was having these dreams or if there were any connections to something that was going on in my current life. And it helped a lot. I might start dream journaling. It's, I mean, obviously you're not going to remember everything that happened in your dream. But, you know, sometimes you have those dreams that are so vivid that even once you wake up and you're up for a couple minutes, like if you have your dream journal next to your bed, you just grab it and just start writing whatever you remember as fast as you can. Yeah. Even if it's just keywords and then you make it up, you know, figure it out later. I used to do that in my phone. I'd wake up and it would be like bread, lobster. Rock. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What kind of dream did I have with bread, lobster, and a rock? Like, <laughs> like I, I don't even question it. But um, <laughs> yeah, but especially now with you know a lot of people have a lot of um, heightened anxiety from you know the quarantine and things like that. A lot of people are having similar fucked up dreams. Things like sharks in um, like a lot of people are having dreams of malls getting flooded and sharks being in the waters of the mall and shit like that. Baby, there's a shark in the water. That used to be my jam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sign us Atlantic Records. Thank you. All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right. This one is called Man Made of Static Walked Through My Doorway. I was lying in bed, unable to sleep at about 11 or 12 at night. My door was slightly cracked. Behind it it is a dark hallway. I sat there watching the darkness beside the door, and it seemed as if it slowly opened, revealing a tall man made of what looked like TV static. I thought this man was my dad because it couldn't have been anyone in the house, and I assumed my eyes were adjusting to the dark, and that's why he looked all over. And that's why he looked all covered in static. I was quiet, waiting for him to say something and thought maybe he was maybe he wasn't speaking because he thought I was asleep. That is until the static man started waving his hands above his head and swaying violently like it was trying to tell if I could see it. I was so afraid I pulled the covers up to my face and began to cover my head. But suddenly I realized my phone was on the dresser directly next to my bed. I reached over very quickly, never losing eyesight of this thing, and shined my phone on it in its direction while screaming the word, Dad? Nothing. The door wasn't even opened. I tried to roll over and go to sleep again, but I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something still standing there. Uh, Got maybe two hours of sleep that night. The end. That's scary as hell. I'm just trying to think of what the static man, like, how he was waving his arms. That's just so creepy. Like, like trying to, like, was it violent in the fact that it was, like, super fast? Or was it, like... like, I think it it must have been, like, a, like a... uh, I don't know. You can't see (laughs) me, John Cena. You can't see me! (laughs) But, yeah, that's weird. And then the fact that it was kind of like the TV snow, like, very staticky. Mm-hmm. That's spooky kooky-ooky. Definitely was formed by some energy in that house. Don't know why it was forming, what the point was, if it was just trying to fuck with the person's trying to sleep. But uh, I don't, yeah. Whatever I'm, it is, I don't fuck with it. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. Okay, next story is titled, My First Scary Experience. I've had many paranormal experiences in my life. Most of them I've had in a house I lived in for about six years. This incident takes place when I was probably 19, so about eight years ago. First, a very quick background to set the image, then I will get on with the story. This house that I lived in was built in the late 1800s and was supposedly built on some sort of burial ground. What could possibly go wrong, right? (laughs) I never had this claim actually proven, but with the things I experienced, I'm leaning towards believing it. I lived with five other people in this house, and they all have had their own scary stories to tell, but let's get on with mine. If you've ever experienced the paranormal or have ever been around active locations, you will know what I'm talking about when I say that there is a definite feeling you get when a spirit or entity is close. It's hard Mm -hmm. to explain, but what I can say is it's like 
you're in your fight or flight instinct suddenly kicks in for absolutely no reason. The hair on the back of your neck stands up or you get a tingle down your spine. This type of thing happened a lot while living at this house. Usually whatever it was didn't scare me. It was almost like we were cohabitating in space and in a way it became normal after a while until this one time. I was asked by one of the other people in the house to retrieve something from the upstairs, a purse, I think. The woman had mobility problems, so I or anyone else in the house tried to help her whenever possible. I went to go to the second floor, and it was like I hit a wall or something. Not a physical wall, but an invisible one. All of a sudden, about halfway up the stairs, the energy changed. I continued up as this wasn't a rare thing to feel, but I also noticed it was different. It was menacing. It took me a few minutes to find the purse, and the whole time I felt this heaviness in my chest and a knot in my stomach. As I grabbed the purse, the energy spiked, and it was like I could feel something right behind me. It was like if I looked over my shoulder, I would see something directly behind me. I felt so close that if it was a person, I would be able to feel their breath on my skin. As I turned to make my way back up toward the stairs, I got this overwhelming feeling that whatever this thing was did not want me up there any longer. If I didn't hurry up, it was going to force me to leave. Now, this is usually where I lose people or I get eye rolls, but stick with me. I promise this is true. (laughs) I was exiting the room where I got in the purse and had just stepped on the top landing of the stairs and an image flashed in my head. I see an old Native American man with a very wrinkled face and a traditional feather headdress. He was scowling and obviously angry. I knew in that moment he was the one making me feel unwelcome. I needed to get back downstairs fast or he was going to push me down. I was in full flight mode at this point. I sprint down the stairs, almost tripping over my own feet in the process. My heart was pounding and my adrenaline was pumping through my veins. I was terrified as one, I had never felt fear like this before in my life, and two, nothing in this house had ever made me feel threatened or in danger. I run back into the kitchen and everyone at the table turns to me. My expression must have conveyed that something bad happened because everyone frowns and that when one person asked what was wrong. I tell them what had just happened and they all believed me. It was just an accepted thing that this house had spirits, so it wasn't like I was talking crazy. At least not in our friend group, that is. The woman I'd gotten the purse for, who was also like the mother figure in the house, seemed to know what I was talking about. She told me later she wasn't surprised I had experienced something like that, as she had similar accounts. The next day, she gave me instructions on how to salt the perimeter of the house and told me a small prayer to say as I was doing it. Does this actually work? I don't know. Regardless, it gave me some peace of mind, and I also never had another run-in with the malicious spirits. All in all, I will always be thankful for the time I spent at that house, even with and sometimes because of the occasional scary experience. The friends and I, the friends that I made and the memories I have were worth it. Thanks for reading. Aww. Sounds well, like I a like sweet little ending, it. right? But, yeah, Native American burial grounds, definitely not to be fucked with. Yeah, and think about it, especially like where we live, a lot of the towns around us are named after Native American tribes and mm-hmm. things like that. So who's to say that like where our houses are built aren't built on burial on native burial grounds? It's not like they're really um labeled or anything like tri- like what American graveyards are here where it's, you know, yeah. blocked by a huge fence and there's tombstones yeah. and things especially like that. Especially cuz it was so 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 long ago and we just kind of took the land and we're like yeah what could possibly go wrong you know <laughs> but yeah so um definitely was a native american spirit being like get the fuck out you're disrespecting my land i don't like yeah. this but um yeah. it seems like salting is something that's a common practice in trying to uh rid or at least keep away any bad spirits from physically harming people or um, showing themselves. So if you're experiencing something similar, salt your house or the perimeter of your house, like the person said. Yeah. All right, Lily, what's your next story? This is up, this is story four, right? Uh, yes. Okay, perfect. Okay. This one is called The Haunted Primary School. So I have had two scary encounters at a primary school. A little backstory. My best friend's boyfriend lives near this primary school. It's a pretty big school with lots of equipment etc and my boyfriend my bestie and i sleep over at her boyfriend's house because we all get along very well and we usually get bored at night so we go on night walks around the town and usually we go to the primary schools because they have playgrounds and we can play on the on there without worrying about there being children there now the stories at the primary school my first encounter happened when we decided to play hide and seek everyone everyone had been seeker and it was my turn 
And now I'm really shit at seeking and I can never find anyone. And these people are dedicated. When I was walking around the school, I saw the tall figure standing behind some bushes. I assumed it was my boyfriend because he is the tallest out of all of us. In delight, I yelled, I found you, bub. The figure ignored me and stood out and just stood there. Come out, bub. I yelled again. My boyfriend jumps off from the roof behind me laughing and asks how I found him. In shock, I turned back around and the figure was gone. He asked if I was okay and I nodded and he helped me find the others. My second time was in the trees uh, and the long pathway just before the entrance. It was cold that night and I was snuggling with my boyfriend when we walked. I I don't know why, but something caught my focus in the trees. It was a tall, solid figure in the distance walking towards us. I pointed at the figure, suggesting we should leave if someone was there. My boyfriend looks at me where I, and then where I was pointing and said, no one is there. The shadowy figure got closer, and I was freaking out so much I started to cry. I kept yelling, look right there. He is there. Why can't you see him? He got my bestie and her boyfriend to look at, to look, and they didn't see it either. But me see, but but seeing me so upset and shaky, they decided it was time to go home. We talked to my bestie's boyfriend's mom, and she said that it is haunted because it was built in or near an indigenous graveyard. Uh. Ever since then, I refused to go to the, that school. See what 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 did we say? Damn what it. did we say about indigenous graveyards? Don't build on them. Leave them to rest. Damn it, white people! <laughs> Shit, white people get it together. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's such a common occurrence whenever you realize it's a Native American burial ground, and especially for people that you don't know that it's on a burial ground, so you may be doing things that, are, or you practice something that may be very disrespectful to whatever spirits are there, they're going to let yeah. you know. They're going to let you know that they're a there. Bunch of, imagine a bunch of young adults playing hide-and-seek above your grave, yeah. your final resting place, going down a swirly slide and on the monkey bars, just chilling. Oh, I would fuck with those people so hard. I'd be tripping them and, like, <laughs> pushing them down slides. and so- Oh, I'd be an asshole for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, my next story is ghost in my mom's work bathroom. So it's not just limited to house bathrooms. I guess it's work bathrooms, too. <laughs> Any bathroom. Any bathroom. Anywhere with a shitter. So <laughs> for the past six years, my mom has worked at her job. She's came home here and there saying that she's heard the bathroom flush and stall door open, but no one actually ever walks out. The stall that does the flushing is the last one in the row, which is the farthest from the entrance to the bathroom. So the footsteps end once they step out the hall. I was about to burp. The bathroom door is also (laughs) heavy, so no matter if you softly or open the door quickly, it'll make a heavy sound. Anyways, I always thought maybe my mom was assuming she didn't hear the person leave or, you know, be more rational about the situation. Like, maybe the person went back in or whatever, you know. So, last Friday, I went to the restroom for the first time ever. I, I'm picking my mom up from work recently because of the pandemic. I couldn't hold it any longer, so I asked my mom if I could use it, which was fine, so I did. The minute I walked in, I started to remember all the stories my mom had told me. I heard someone in one of the last stalls. Since it was the end of a shift, I assumed it was a coworker using it. I didn't think much of it because I was in a hurry, but once I was done and about to get up, the last stall flushed. I heard some keys jangle. The door opened, and the lock slammed against the divider between the other stalls. I heard someone wash their hands. Mind you, I was in front of the entrance door, but they never left. They never walked out. The bathroom door was never opened. It never slammed. There were no footsteps. I felt watched after the person got out of the stall. I stepped out. I saw no one. I got a tingly feeling, so I said, nope, didn't wash my hands and left. Went back in the car, (laughs) told my mom, and she said, I told you. She works at a factory packaging meat and chicken. Wow. Classic case of the haunted bathroom. Yeah. That's a weird, seems like a very residual haunting, like the typical case of a residual haunting, just replaying its these Mm -hmm. steps for whatever reason. Maybe it was the last Ghosts got to pee, too. They, I guess they do. Ghosts gotta pee and shit. You gotta do what you gotta do. I say it all the time. <laughs> live your truth. We all ghost. make t-shirts of it. <laughs> we just gotta make a live your truth. Live your yes. truth. Okay, Lily, what is your last story for today? For today, my last story is called Possession, Demon, Ghost, 
So I'm guessing at the end, we'll get to kind of, you know, discuss and see what we think it is. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm new on here. My name's Kay. So I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts. I figured surely someone out there must have had more knowledge or insight. And though this will be a semi-long text, I'm not sure what's crucial info to provide or not. So last week, I had a dream, and towards the end of the dream, I was going through a maze of an apartment complex with high walls. As I came to the exit, it was daylight on the apartment side. Uh, what? It was daylight on the apartment side? What does that mean? And nighttime in what? Oh, okay, this is in a dream. <laughs> okay, wait, let's restart this. End scene. Okay, we ready? I'm ready. Okay, so last week I had a dream, and towards the end of the dream, I'm so sorry, guys, we never record this. This is late at night for me, because I usually go to bed at nine. Because <laughs> I'm an old lady. What we do for you, things. So last week I had a dream, and towards the end of the dream, I was going through a maze of an apartment complex with high walls. As I came to the exit, it was daylight on the apartment side and nighttime in what looked like the grass of my front yard. Once I stepped through... Once I stepped through to my yard, I looked up and the moon was full and it looked like it was breaking, falling like a comet, but slowly back to my eyes. I then ended up in a black vehicle with what I think is a man, but I never saw his face, but he had a black trench coat and black cowboy hat. Yeehaw! This is kind of like the hat man, I think. I mean, it could be. I mean, I've never heard of the hat man having a cowboy hat, so that's different. But I guess it's a hat, so a hat's a hat. Not discriminating. Listen, the hat man's got to keep it fresh. He's got to keep his look fresh. You know what I mean? He's just listening to old town. Uh, old ta- uh, was it old town road? I'm gonna take my ghost to the old town road. <laughs> I'm gonna haunt till I can't no more. <laughs> I got the shadow people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us we on SoundCloud. So okay. Um, we came to a grassy hill, exactly like the one in the pat in my pasture, except the hill had indigo five-leaf glowing flowers in the background. Me and the man were laughing and having fun, and then I ran back to where the day and night met, not in fear, but like a kid, kind of a truth or dare game in fun. I ran back to the hill barefoot, and once I got there, I was suddenly in my kitchen. I tried to turn on the lights, but they flickered, and I caught a glimpse of what I think was something with long hair and deathly gray feet. I I was paralyzed with my mouth wide open, and I knew I had to move because I was in danger, but I couldn't. I then woke up in my bed, I'm not dreaming anymore after this, and was frozen in the same position I was in my dream. After a moment passed, I was finally able to gasp for air. I looked over and my girl was staring at me. It was 1.55 a.m. I told her about the dream and she told me she was practicing lucid dreaming and ended up out of her body, looked at me sleeping, touched me, and that's when I was frozen. She said, I thought I killed you, but in a sense of curiosity, not worry or intent to kill, but just curious. I then began to explain the rest of the time the rest of the dream to her and every time I would describe the thing I saw she would either laugh maniacally or just seem like she couldn't understand what I said I said fuck it and tried to sleep again she laid in my arms and then almost like my and that and then almost like paranormal activity type of shit she slowly looked at me and smiled with what felt like an intent to kill I shoved her and she went limp like she just woke up from me shoving her she didn't remember a thing I then said, fuck it, and let her go back to sleep, took a piss outside, and once I came back, she was standing over our infant's crib, uh, (gasps) like paranormal activity again. I shoved her to the ground, and she woke up again. I explained what had happened for her her, for the past hour, and every time I mentioned the detail of this thing, she couldn't hear me. But after I finished saying what I just said to you guys, she would forget. All the meanwhile, I'm in fight-or-flight mode, but I'm neither fleet... I'm neither fleeing nor fighting. (laughs) I'm just acting, and there is a heavy presence of eyes on me. So after that, I've seen... So after that night, I've seen more dark shadows in the house. So has she. My kids' toys have gone off in front of me without me touching it. 
The bed has shook, and the most recent is last night I heard chiming like a wind chime all throughout the house all night. I don't have a wind chime. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And every time something happens, she doesn't remember anything. And I went to turn the lights on, and she physically caught me saying repeatedly that I am turning on the lights to get under her skin. She did not seem like her because she isn't a violent person, and she hit way harder than what I know she can do because she's hit me as hard as she could before, and this was far beyond that. Plus, she isn't temperamental, but she doesn't remember fighting me for two hours over a light being on. So with all that, she told me last night before she went to bed that she's been possessed before and that she had an agreement with the other side not to be able to see that side anymore visually, but she can feel like an empath and see auras. Also, I know something has been attached to me for a long time, but it's never had the intent to do anything but observe, almost like it's called dibs on me and nothing else can fuck with me. But whatever is coming around seems like it's pissing off what is attached to me and my thing is going on guard. But my girl and I both got the sense that the target is me for some reason. We can't explain why, we just know. That whole night felt like a display of power. So I don't have many people to ask because I, I'm from the south of East Texas and almost everyone is saying, go to God, and I'm not a spiritual religious, and I'm a spiritual person, not a religious person. I think there is more than one God, maybe some flat, some may be flat to get than others if there are gods. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm open to all sorts of insight. If you guys read if you guys read all this, thank you for bearing with that long description, LOL. That's the major parts, but a lot of my other details have also gone on. The end. Um, if it weren't for the fact that they have a kid together, I would just say throw the whole girlfriend away. Throw the whole relationship <laughs> away. Because that story gave me a fucking headache with all the shit. Oh, by the way, did you know I was ever possessed at one point? Yeah, yeah I just that's decided... something I'd want to know before I moved in with someone. That definitely, You know what, guys? For all of you single people out there looking to get into relationships, maybe you should put on your profiles, you know, whether you've been possessed before, if you've ever seen a demon, if something's attached to you. I feel like that's something important that, like, common society we don't talk about that maybe you should talk about on the first date. I think that yeah. should be something to establish. Maybe the second date. Maybe the second date. Maybe the second date. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Get your free food first, and then, you know. <laughs> but I... Yeah, I remember when I would go around dating sometimes just, like, for the free food. I was like, you know, like, in the beginning of the date, you're like, this is not going anywhere, but, like, the mozzarella sticks look so good on the menu, and you're like, you know what? One date's not going to kill me, so uh, I'll take that appetizer to go, please. Um, But, yeah, so, anyway, back to the story. Yeah, if that girl was looking over my child's crib... Staring at it, look like it wants to kill my kid. That girl needs to be exercised the fuck out. Yeah, you need to exercise her. You need to sage her. You need to sage everyone around her. You need to sage the house. You need salt to salt her like a house. fucking snail. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Ready for my last story? Yes. So this isn't about ghosts. It is. I just saw a UFO in Victoria, Australia. I feel like we haven't done a good alien story in a while, UFO story. So this was um, on April 16th of 2020. Saw a UFO um, from 9.53 p.m. to 10.10 p.m. Uh, They live outside of Melbourne, Australia, and this is the crazy experience. So she writes, or he writes, I was driving on, I was outside on my deck having a smoke, and I looked up at the sky, and suddenly two stars appeared directly on top of each other, evenly spaced apart, and then a third star appeared directly under the second star, and again evenly spaced. Another star appeared blinking and moving toward the first star, then went down towards the second, then down to the third again, and away. It was moving very slowly, and each star was blinking in a pattern. I called my partner outside to verify what I saw, and he confirmed I wasn't crazy and witnessed the moving star slowly move in patterns that normal craft or satellites couldn't move in. It was moving up and down and away, then back at the consistent slow speed and had control. It was remarkable. Checked again at 10.13, and all three stars were gone. So this was within, like... Oh, God. 
like a ten, like a fifteen minute period, really. So then, she, then this person updated. I just chatted to my housemate that sadly was in his room and did not witness it. He said that my friend and her partner that live about fifteen minutes away witnessed the same thing months ago. I called my friend and she confirmed what she saw, the same exact thing. And then her partner confirmed as well. They even confirmed the direction they saw it from, in local uh, from local landmarks and buildings, which completely matched the the direct the director that we saw it. So. Four people have witnessed something similar in a space of like three months in our small ass town. Super crazy experience. Thanks for reading. Wow. Ooh, I love a good UFO story. We haven't. You're right. We haven't had one for a while. Mm-hmm. And then someone had uh, posted, uh, "I'm in Kew, which I guess is like a small town in Australia as well, and had a similar experience last night around 2 a.m. One larger one with a brighter light floated above, while two smaller red blinking orbs followed from below." Mm. Yeah, and then someone goes, I'm in Sydney, Australia, and I've had similar similar experience. It was nighttime around 10 p.m. as well, and I was helping my parents with groceries when I look up and see a weird-shaped plane slash aircraft with no noise fly at a really high speed and had, like, six lights. Not sure how uh, or what it was. UFOs, man. They are unidentified flying objects, and they are being put back to light into now you know, our media, and we don't care because, you know, coronavirus. Yeah, right. But, the, but it's crazy because the, the things that are being released now are stuff that we already knew about. So it's really not news to, you know, people that have, like, talked about UFOs before and, like, have done our research. So this is stuff that the government's now just putting out. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the g- information that the government has that they're not ready to tell us yet. About UFOs oh, and like aliens and like extraterrestrial life. Oh shit! Like, yeah, so you know much. what? I feel like now's the time because like what else? What what could possibly go wrong? For real. I mean, we've got murder hornets just swarming the United States now. We're in the coronavirus. Um, I mean, what else is getting fucked up? I feel like there's a bunch of stuff going on. I don't know. I don't know. Just. It, there's a whole bunch of stuff we had murder hornets we had coronavirus we had world war we thought we were gonna go into world war three for a while the australian wildfires which speaking of did that ever stop yes okay because i feel like i never actually heard of like a day that like it all stopped it was just like the coronavirus happened and then it was like all right sorry koalas you guys can figure it out (laughs) on your own dude koalas explode in extreme heat explode they explode. At least that's what I've heard. I also heard koalas have chlamydia, but that's like a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know about koalas. But yeah. The more you know. Koalas are interesting. They're cute as hell, but they're also hella scary. Like if you see their nails, they could fucking destroy you. They could shred you if they wanted to. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Like, look up, if you look up koala, like, what do they have, hands or paws? I don't even know. They're just, like, fucking talons. They are horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. And also, if you think about it, kangaroos are fucking brolic as hell and are scary animals, too. I love kangaroos. You know, Kangaroo Jack is my man. But, like, if you actually look at a real-life kangaroo, those things could bench, like, 450 like that's terrifying yeah kangaroos any australia i don't get i mean i would love to visit australia to say i visit australia but to live there you'd be fucking crazy they have the craziest animals tarantulas that are like the size of me like i just know you couldn't catch me living in australia with all the shit they have down there especially (laughs) insects no like so many deadly animals i'm good i'm good australia yeah true I'll visit you for a little while. I will pet koalas that don't have chlamydia. I will play with a kangaroo if it won't box me. Um, you know, I will, you know, I, I'm totally for um, the zoo that Steve Irwin has or owned now his family has. Um, yeah. I'm totally for it. But to live there, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Ditto. All right, on that note, Lily, do you have anything to add before we go into the socials? Koala hands are terrifying. They are. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening to this Quarantine Spooky Story special, episode 53. 
Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, review us, tell us how fucking awesome we are. If you're not listening to us on Apple Podcasts, it's no big deal. You can still screenshot our episodes and post them to all your social media. You can text them to your friends that may be into the paranormal as well. Or if they're not into the paranormal but curious to learn a little more about it or listen to some encounter stories, definitely send it to them. You know, It's not a really common uh, theme or topic to be talking about with people. So, uh Let's get the word out there. And um, let's get started with the socials. So follow us on Instagram at Just Cooley Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Cooley Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Cooley Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Cooler Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justcoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Happy Mother's Day again, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.